Hello everyone, my name is Ren Chao Du. I'm the Artistic Director of Kiraf Academy of Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Ballet Podcast. This is the place where I live video interview some of the most robust, most professional, most well-known figures in our industry. They're going to share their expertise, experience, and advices to all audience members. Thank you very much. Okay. Now we can start. Hold on a second, let me share this stuff on Instagram. Okay, almost there. All right, perfect. Okay, hello everyone. Um, so this is uh, Fondue with Mr. Du show. And today, Mr. Du will um, go over all the questions that you have submitted. And also, if you have any questions throughout the show, you can Definitely leave a comment and we'll answer the questions in order. Okay, so, almost there. Thank you so much. And then, um, yes, Mr. Dear, you can start now, okay? Yes. Welcome, everyone. Um, I am very happy to sitting down, actually, um, to have a chat with everybody, with the students and with um, the dancers and ballet people, just to have a calm moment fact we're not taking bars and doing anything active but give us give our mind a chance to to reflect I really think uh, a chance to rest to reflect and um, to move forward how can we move forward from this moment because um, the this pandemic situation uh, is hitting the industry from school to the company, choreographers, teachers, directors, uh, all over. We are sort of still in a stage of finding our footing. And uh, quite honestly, nobody knows what our industry, what the whole art scene will look like after this nightmare is over. But interestingly, I believe always there's always something positive. There's always something coming out of something that's so seemingly so tragic. This is absolutely tragic time. And people might ask, you know, why so many people sick? People are going through extremely tough time financially and health-wise. And then we have people dying around us in our cities. How can 
artistic people still talking about arts. Why? People losing their jobs and people can't even go to grocery store. My wife went to grocery store, tried to uh, buy something, but it is not there. And for an American family, uh, unheard of. You go to a grocery store, try to find something that it's not there for you. And it's just complete unknown territory for us. How can anybody have the mind sit down and talk about ballet? But I do believe that it is important, ballet and arts in general, play a more significant role in this particular moment. Because people need arts, people need dancing, singing, visual arts to inspire us, give us a moment to take us away from the current reality, to give our mind or body a chance to to reflect, to rejuvenate, to hear something other than the news we've been hearing, this thing called coronavirus. We talk about tendus, we talk about fondues. And I think it is important for the society, for people to focus on something else so they can go back, face the reality with a clear mind. So my class, it was originally designed for people to stay in shape, for students to stay in shape, for the, the ballet lovers to, to take in class and at home. But it is taking an unexpected turn, people using ballet classes to, to inspire themselves, to create more energy, to create courage, and um, somehow they feel refreshed after the class. I mean, I was very moved to to found out that there was a uh, emergency room nurse uh, will listen uh, my class during her shift, and it, it, it is. It moved my heart to know that whatever that I was saying, whatever the ballet, it's not me. I have to say this before. I am just a messenger of the art of ballet. I'm a messenger. I didn't create this. It's my education, my experience. The art came through me. I'm basically a messenger of, of the language. Somehow, the art form helped people, inspiring people. So I think more than ever, artists have to play their role. But always been in a time of tragic, in time of crisis, the artists have to take up the responsibilities, not to be a part of victim, but to be a part of inspirational people. It's like inspirational speakers. They go around, have speeches, they create 
theories to create ideas in people's mind so that it stimulate and create ideas so they can move forward give them some energy give them something different thoughts take their mind off their regular path so i am applaud all these artists all these teachers out there try to make a difference despite their own hardship you know dancers not getting paid everybody laid off uh, class school classes all on the zoom i see dance industry transform themselves almost instantly to meet the challenge i've always so impressed with the, with the ballet dancers, you know, on the surface, we are graceful and fragile, but we're strong people. We're transforming ourselves right away to adapt to different environment. We have transformed our industry to distance learning almost overnight. I mean, to teach ballet classes online, it is unheard of. It is something that is so unusual. If you ask me three months ago, I will be like, how? Difficult. Because you need space to move. You need to have in-person corrections. The teacher needed to look at you and give you corrections, give you encouragement constant as a teacher we talk constantly to the students but how am i supposed to teach if i see you only a little corner a little little box on the screen and sometimes always um, technical challenges and some delays and so forth but we're doing it distance learning and we, the industry itself, New York City Ballet, just promote their entire spring season online. This is how we are. This is how this business of ballet prepare us to do. Never sitting back and, and, and play the victim, although we are the victim, but move to forefront of the line to fight this crisis in our own way to use all tool, to use all body, to use all physical ability, to bring some fresh air to people's rooms, to people's living room, to people's computer screen. And let people know that there is artists out there that are on their side. For the hospital workers, for the nurses, um, the people out there are making our life just a little bit easier. And we are too. We are doing our job. So for those of us, all the teachers, teaching their students distance, virtually, I applaud you. And for the students who stay at home, taking ballet class diligently with such a discipline and focus and commitment while your little pets are 
moving around while your furniture is nearby. We are doing all part, we'll be okay. Just from what I have seen, we will be okay. So for our first show, I want to open up with um, this little, this little talk to express my absolute respect to my colleagues, all these people out there try to make a difference. And just to prove one thing that is always true, that we are not victims. Artists are playing all parts in the fight against this crisis. And in the end, we all will prevail. We all will come out of this greater and stronger and be more beautiful than ever. Okay. So let's um, have a little talk. Yes. Um, so we want to introduce uh, the first guest. Um, she is from Finland. Her name is Lota. And uh, I'll bring her in, okay? Okay. Hi. Hi, Lota. At first, How are you? I want to thank you for your classes. They are amazing. And I've learned so much. It's I just, appreciate that. I, I don't have that. words. It's so amazing how I can just dance a couple of hours when I want to mm -hmm. and learn so much. And it's we have to we have to thank the technology for this, Lota. Mm -hmm. It's I true. I have to also. thank the technology. Mm -hmm. how, I was so wondering. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I was wondering what should I do because I have only one ballet class a week. It's because of I live in the middle of nowhere, so there's no ballet schools or anything. Mm -hmm. And I'd really love to become a ballet dancer or at least to teach other people that are in the same position that I am right now. Mm -hmm. So how could I improve and have the chance to get in some ballet school, let's say in a couple of years, so that I could become a dancer? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you taking, before this pandemic, does Finland have lockdown right now? Are you free to move? Um, we can walk outside and so on, but we don't have a normal school or okay. we can't meet with people and so on. Mm -hmm. Lotha, the very important step in all business is consistency. So either you take a one class a week, which is to me, it is not enough. Mm, yeah, I know. How old are you, Lota, may I ask? I'm 14. 14. In my opinion, in order for ballet to be fully to the technique, to be integrated in your, in your body, you need to take more classes, perhaps three to four times a week. Yeah, I know. I've been trying to now that there's Miss Claudia Dean's classes and you're doing this amazing and some other people as well. I've trying to take them and as well as when there's no, none of them, I try to dance on my own, but it's yes. not the same. It is not. It is not the same, but you in your hometown, 
there is no other schools for you taking more classes? No, and now I have to travel for my only classes. Well, here is the here is the beauty. I, I you know, for me, I try, always try to find any any positive, even just a little bit aspect of yeah. a difficult situations. For us, this online education situation, nobody thought of. Nobody, of course, academic online learning has been around for a long time. People get a degree via internet, but for ballet, this is very new. So we're finding out this event has taught us many lessons. So I believe, Lota, this online education is going to stay. Yeah, even, I hope so. Even after this pandemic is over,、hmm. because I want to tell you something. Maybe you're too young to to know. About twelve twelve years ago, the world experienced a financial crisis. Okay. A lot of company closed, and、um, all those resources for artistic institution are dried, ended. So the ballet company managed to survive. The one of the product came out of that crisis was the installation of let's say studio company, a pre-professional training track. Apprentice second company, all those little institution, little groups before you get into main company. Those were company was tried to reinvent somehow to keep their company intact without、mm. the same financial resources. But after financial crisis were over, those ideas stayed and has flourished. And have given me many many students opportunity to dance. So I believe, Lota, this online education is precisely will serve students like you living、yeah. in, in remote area. But you still can be able to receive quality education through、mm. the beauty of internet. Yeah, I'm so, so thankful about this so situation. So we, we as a school. And I think many people start to understand that this online education component is going to stay, because we can use this as a tool to serve students like you precisely.、Mm. So my advice to you, Lota, is consistency is important. For me, I said in the beginning, regularity is important. So every week you have to create and schedule for yourself. So for me, I think a once a week ballet, good ballet class once a week is 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 not it's not enough to make a difference anyway. So if you want to just have fun, is one thing. But if you want to be have something to do with the ballet profession, either as a dancer or a teacher, you needed to have more education.、Mm, I know. So so. You know, we can help you in that sense to create a a schedule, so you can receive regular, constructive, and professional training in、mm. order to move forward. Because you need to explore. You don't know. That's what education、yeah. does to you. Because the more you know, more you put it in your mind. Somehow, more you become unknown. You 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 begin to question everything. 
So that's the mm -hmm. beauty of education, open doors, open doors to different ideas. Yeah, it shows you, the education shows you a different path. Lack of education only shows you one path. This is the only way. But more ideas, more education, it gives you many options. That's, I think, it's going to make a difference for you long term. Yeah. So, so keep what you're doing, and all classes is going to be here, and um, to serve you. Yeah. Thank um, you so much for them. It's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much, Lota. So we will keep in touch. Okay. We're here for you. We're here yeah, for you. Thanks. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much for that guidance. And um, yeah, next it will be Brooke and I'll put her in, okay? Okay. Hi. Hi Brooke, how are you? Hi, I'm good, how are you? Good, good. Okay. How can I help you? So I've been a dancer for about 10 years now and I love it very dearly and I want it to be my life. So I was wondering what the dancer should expect when auditioning for a professional ballet. Very good question because this is one of the things that we always talk about, the audition. So when we will go in depth about because that's a subject that I'm interested about because I okay. often sit, I'm often sit on the panels as a judge as an audition mm -hmm. and I give classes and I see many things. Oftentimes in my head, I was like, "Oh my God, this is a, he or she is so so great," but mm -hmm. only they would do a little bit different. It will make a okay. huge difference. So that little bit difference is it needs to be educated, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't know it. Right. So you are you are talking about audition for a school or a company? Well, um, like the New York Ballet, the Royal Ballet, like mm -hmm. a huge company like that, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, it is a big company or small company. The idea of audition is the same, mm -hmm. right? So you have to, first of all, you have to understand whether the company is hiring people or not, right? Number one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number two, you have to you have to do your research about where and when those auditions to be held. Very important. You have to do a lot of homework, but okay. those homework is the same work for the big companies or the small companies. It's all in the fine print. It's all in the details, but in principle. When you audition for a company, whether it's big company or small company, your goal is to show the best of you. Okay. Very simple idea. The best of you. So for that 90 minutes of audition session, you want to leave people an impression that they have to have you in their company. Okay. So you go in. If you want that job, mm -hmm. it is not an experience for you just to take class from somebody. No, you are there to 
have a job because right. you wanted to be in that company. So now the question is, how do you show the absolutely best of you in that 90 minutes with a, with, with a director, mm -hmm. right? So to me, first is preparation, okay? All, every little thing that I say, there's a lot of things going to it. So preparation, I always believe that you have to give yourself plenty of time to show up at audition because you can't take a class hurried, rushed. Right. right? So you have to understand there's many things involved before you actually step into the studio, which is registration, waiting to be registered, wait, waiting to be signed in. And sometimes that you have to come in consideration with traffic and parking, what have you, a lot of issues. So in my timing, you have to be at the site at least two hours before, two hours okay. before the audition starts to get yourself prepared, to get your mind settled and get yourself warmed up for the audition, right? Now, this is a lot of have to go into that because I teach a career preparation class right. in our school. Okay. We go details, absolutely detail, break down every step for you. And the second is doing the audition. Mm -hmm. One of the things that it's very important, I see students make easily make a mistake all the time is that they have their attention span they lose focus after a while. You have to look at the ballet class. It's a bar in the center. It is at the center, you as a dancer really begin to show your ability mm -hmm. away from the bar. I oftentimes to see the energy and the focus level drop after the bar when you come to the center. So for that, for that 90 minutes, you have to maintain an absolute focus and commitment to every single step that you are going to do. Focus level, very important. And a second, you have to do exactly what you are being told. Okay. There's many ways to do a told many ways. Mm -hmm. Right, we have school wanted to right. cross, we have school to do the work, we have many ways and many timing. It is accent out, accent in, slow. Some people want to go through, some people want to go out. Mm -hmm. Different variations. But your job to do is to do exactly at that time what the teacher tells you to do because that often leaves a very beautiful impression on the panel of judges because that's oftentimes it shows the diversity, the, uh, dynamic quality of a dancer, versatility of a dancer. Sometimes a tricky combination is there for a reason. They want to see your reaction. They want to see right. how you follow those instructions, right? So oftentimes I see dancers just to do what they used to do. The teachers, that's mm -hmm. what teacher told me to do for many years by my own studio. But you have to understand this teacher at audition did not tell you to do that that way, right? You have to make that switch. Okay. Another thing, it's very important to, to receive feedback, right? So everything right. you have done, if somebody give you a correction, especially from a stranger, 
somebody have never right. seen you dance before, those corrections, those suggestions, comments are very important because they, it's not preconceived idea. That's their first time to see you. And if they give you those corrections, I guarantee you those things that your teacher already told you before, but it's from a right. stranger, from a new teacher point of view, it's very valuable just because okay. it's reinforced you to what teacher tells you. And at that moment, for, after that class, it is important for you to fix those things. Right. Right. So again, whether you audition for a big company or audition for a small company, that preparation is the same. How you conduct yourself in the audition is is the is the same. Okay. Does it does it make sense? It's a yes. really heightened, it's a very you cannot think that's just another class. If if somebody right. tells you, you know what, don't think about it, just another class. It's not. Right. It's not another class. It's an audition, it has a specific quality, specific expectation that goes into an audition class. And you have to treat it that way. You right. have to commit it that way. You don't commit it just like every other class. You commit yourself to show your absolutely best. That's your goal. Do whatever it takes. That that moment, it is your the best of you in that class. And that's all you can do. Right? That's all you can right. do. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Does that help? Yes, that helped a lot. Good. Okay. Preparation, it's just like everything else. Preparation is okay. very important. Okay. And also, I want to mention that in order for you to be for your body and mind mm -hmm. to get used to that heightened moment, everyday class is important. So, treat okay. it almost like a treat everyday class, like audition class. Okay. With that sense of commitment and a focus. And intensity. Then, when you do go do go to a real audition, right. you're not your body is used to it, your mind is used to it. That kind of adrenaline. Then you okay. will do well. Then you will do well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Good. you. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Brooke. And next, uh, we will have Patricia. Uh, and then we'll go ahead and start, okay? Hi. Hi, Patricia. How are you? Thank you for talking with me. Good. Yes, good. good. How's it going? Pretty good, yeah. You? Yeah, good, good. Yeah. Okay, my question is that once you start to audition, mm -hmm. is it better to shoot for like larger companies, like more well-known companies? or a smaller company that's not as well known, but it might be easier to like move up in the ranks? It is a, a beautiful question, Patricia. It's a, a very, um, very good question from a young dancer. And I think, I wanna answer this question very, <laughs> very nicely. <laughs> I believe there's a couple factor to this. One, while you're young, don't settle into an idea too quickly. Yeah. 
So my idea is to explore,、mm-hmm. to audition for all kinds of companies, large company, mid-sized company, and small companies.、Mm-hmm. Give yourself. So in my class, I teach a I call it a pyramid like this.、Mm-hmm. So which is the top you have. Your two dream company, the companies that you see is absolutely glorious, beautiful. Yes. In the middle part, you give yourself three, four medium-sized company. Then at the bottom of the pyramid, have more companies just for the experience. So within this pyramid, you will be able to hit all categories. And I think this is important. This is a part of dancer's journey. Audition is a big part of it. To see what moves you, to see what the chemistry, the feelings that you have with the director, with the teacher, because sometimes the company may not be the same as you perceived in your head. Yeah. Because you see yourself in this company, but actually through audition, you're like, you know what, this company actually. It was not in my best choice, but I feel very good about it. So, Patricia, my idea to you is create a list.、Uh-huh. Create an actual list and audition them, talking to them. Because when you talk to a company, when you're talking to the director, either with email, you will have the sense, you have the feel of how that company is. Because every company has its own DNA. Right has their own style, not just in dance, but in way in which they communicate with the audience, with the dancers, and with the students. The structure is very different each company. So by exploring all of them, it will give you a better idea to、um, to see where do you fit, where do you see see yourself fit. Uh, into those companies, but I see you knowing you, Patricia, and I think you will do very well in a more geared toward classical company. Yeah. Then you have to look at their repertory. You have to do your research. You have to look at their repertory. You also have to do research of the artistic director.、Mm-hmm. That have a lot to do with aesthetic choices of the dancers and. And the artistic direction, the aesthetic choices of the pieces that they choose to put in their repertoire, have everything to do with this director's background, history, and career. Of course, artistic directors are supposed to be have all range、mm-hmm. of choices beyond their own taste, beyond their own style. That is expected from artistic director, but. To be honest, artist director they have the right to choose the pieces the choreographers they think it's a fit for their company, and their judgment is being controlled in the way is their own style because that's why they're in this position, right? So it's important for you to to make the determination, and but I think knowing. Have seen you dance, and I think 
I think the classical route, at least for you at this moment, as a young dancer, is okay. it's a good path. In my yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> good. You're doing okay? Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes, great. Wonderful. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Say hi to your parents for me. All right, that's it for the face-to-face -face, uh, question that we had. Um, yes. we, have, we have a long list of uh, questions that needs to be answered that, that were commented in the Instagram and Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. So just to follow up with the, the audition question, um, so one, uh, one guy from Iran is really trying to come to USA and mm -hmm. uh, get into a company. Um, so his main question is what is hardest about you know, immigrating for ballet because you have an experience too, right? From China mm. to the USA. So I think you can kind of talk about that. Yes, arts always, uh, always, I have to say, have at least a border in terms of internationalism, in terms of integrating people together. I mean, if you see any ballet companies in the United States, it's United Nations. I mean, that's the, that is the facts, right? You see people from all over the world uh, in ballet companies, not just in America. You go to a company in Europe, I think more so than America, truly international. You have people from all nationalities, all background in training, in race, um, all dance together, creating something absolutely incredible. And that is such a, that is a beauty, absolutely beauty of, of artistic organizations. And there is no boundary because we all work together for a common idea, which is creativity, artistic innovations, preservation, and our love for the art. So it doesn't matter what speech, what um, language we speak, because we speak a, a common language in all businesses ballet, okay? Because the tongue is being taught one way, pretty much is taught another country. It's pretty much the same. Um, some teacher may emphasizing on different things, but Tongdu is Tongdu, correct? Fondue is Fondue. There's a teacher in Iran, I am sure teaches Fondue this way. Yeah? So there is no, ideally, conceptually, there's no problem for any dancers who wants to dance away from their own country. But one thing that's conceptually, but the one thing have a lot to do, that actually can actually happen, have a lot to do with the, the immigration policy of each country. Some period of time compared to others is more free, more loose uh, in order to apply for working visa. Uh, for a particular dancer, some period of time a little bit more tough, just because 
different administration have different policies. Um, so one way to do it is truly is through audition that we have said that before, it's through audition. So while physically you cannot do audition, let's say, you know, I have, it's, it's very expensive for me to fly to New York, to anywhere to have the audition, online audition. So make yourself a professional, beautiful videotape. Believe me, don't make it too long. It only needed to be a minute or two. The best quality. You, you don't need it to put a whole class in there. Honestly, just a couple combinations, some of the variation you have done, some performance footage. Put all that together. That has to happen, right? Put it in the AI list, a private link on YouTube that also that always works. And create a resume. So that is your who you are before you arrive to any country to any company you have to do that for yourself a virtual a digital representation of you as artist and as a person so at a click a button you can send that information literally to 50 companies around the world i think that is the first thing anybody Either you want to dance domestically or internationally. You have to create that for yourself. Some people go even go even further to create their own website. Because the beauty of that, you can always go in there, update your information. Any photo you might have. Um, artistic experience. Because I'm constantly changing. I just did a performance yesterday and you got to go into their website, you got to update that information. So you have to use technology to help you before you show up at any company and say, I'm here to audition. You have to make a digital connection. Bring yourself to people's computer screen. So they, if they're interested in you, as they say, well, you know what? This is very interesting. This is a beautiful dancer that I don't know of. They contact you, say, you know what? Come for audition. That's a step one. Then people, if interested what they saw, they contact you, say, come to the company. We have audition and uh, we need to take a look at you. That's your step two, that's beautiful. If that step two is successful, guess what's step three? You're dancing in a company. It's, a, it's easy to say, yeah? Step one, two, three. A lot of work goes into it, a lot of communication, a lot of emails. But you have to do your part for the special, for the step one, which is creating a digital version of you. I'm not saying animated you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying a video reel of you and make a beautiful resume of you and write a letter. All things has to come, has to be in one document. The link has to be in the bottom, introduction of yourself and your artistic, artistic experience. Because people have, don't have time to read five pages of things and 
of things in different places. Everything in one document. I can put, you know, I've been dancing and teaching for many years. I can put everything that I about me in one page, no problem. So that's advice I will give you in terms of how do you move from one place to the other as a professional dancer. You need a job, in order to get a job, you have to audition. Just like if you want to get a job from the bank, you have to create an interview. In order for the bank to be interested at having interview with you, they have to be interested by you through your resume. In all business, is exactly the same. Yeah, I hope that helps. It's stepped all the, I did the same thing. I did exact same thing. I wrote a letter to a school that I like, I wanted to go and back and forth, back and forth. And um, then I came to the United States and then the rest of it's history. But I had to write that letter first, correct? So do your homework and um, be persistent. Very important, be professional and then be persistent. Okay, I hope, I hope that helps. Yes, that's wonderful. And uh, to follow up with that same person, um, mm -hmm. I think this will be very, I think this is something that many people will think through too. Mm -hmm. um, so is 22 years old too old to audition? The reason why he's asking is because he's currently finishing her his university and then he's trying to get into a company. So I think uh, based on my memory, you mentioned about you know going to a university first is not a bad idea. So I think you can kind of expand on that. Okay. 22 years old is the, the prime of, um, of a dancer, yeah? So without knowing the details of the, in terms of how many years you spend in school, how many years you have trained and what kind of performing experience you have and what level you're at as a dancer, First, I'll tell you, it, it's not old. 22, believe, believe me, <laughs> it's not old, okay? You should be at the prime of your physical ability and you are in a beautiful place to be trained, to be influenced, to be inspired, to be taught and to grow. A beautiful foundation to grow. And I love the university idea because University, I don't know what degree you were studying in the university, but the university idea in general, it gives us a world point of view as a person. So you, you might not get the education perhaps in fondues, but what you get is intellectual information, ability, in your head that have that knowledge and that information will play a major part in later on your life and your career so don't think going to university is a disadvantage absolutely not that will make you that's what that that institution itself it, it makes you it give you the education that you need for you to have a longer lasting career. 
your point of view will become more worldly. And that will make you a better artist, give you a more rich thought process, different channel of enrichment that you will need as an artist. Don't regret you went to university. Believe me, it's, you're going to get rewarded very clearly later on in your career. So, but when you go to university, it does not mean you would stop dancing. Some universities, a lot of universities has a beautiful dance program. Yeah, either you go as a major or a non-major, you can benefit from the beautiful educational structure that university provides. And maybe you should take a composition class and maybe you don't know that you're a great choreographer, a pedagogy class, you don't know maybe you are really intuitive as a teacher. None of these things you will know unless you put yourself in that situation to explore. Because there's many ways to reach your goal. This way, sideways, sometimes hung on the top down. Yeah? So yes, no, university is a beautiful thing. You can do both. You can learn many things, give your mind a chance to explore and allow that enrichment to come. Don't ever think, oh my God, I should be 18 years old. I should be in a company, 17 years old. I need to be in a company because I need a, uh, four more years. When I'm 22, I'm gonna become a, a principal dancer. And that, that timing, you don't get to set that timing. The path of life has the timing of its own. So you have to accept the path that you are on now and you have to be grateful for the path that you have already walked by. And you look for the path that's right in front of you. Everybody's route is very different. If you ask me uh, many years ago, would I be sitting here teaching a virtual class, having a virtual conversation with you? There's no, I can imagine, I can have a greatest imagination. No, this is, not what I hadn't thought of, but here we are. And that's the beauty of life. Just go with it. Just go with it. Go with the intuition. But my main advice is go for it. When you're young, just go for it. Because there's nothing you will lose from a try. Even if you fail, you learn a lesson from it. Oftentimes you learn a beautiful lesson from failure. I learned many of the greatest things in my life from the mistake I made. I tell myself, you know what, I'm not gonna make that mistake again. Golden, beautiful, priceless. So I'm here to having this conversation with you. Maybe you can skip the costly mistake that I, a lot of people made, 
so you can move forward in a path a little bit less of the mystery. So I hope that uh, I hope that helps for you. Yeah, it's not too late. Twenty-two, beautiful age. Go with your instinct. Go with the intuition. Talk to your teachers because your teachers, your teachers, in a way, have absolutely the best interest in you. You have to believe that. Your teachers, they have absolutely best interest for you in you, and because they're older, they have the life experience. Their suggestions may not be. Beautiful, like a song in your ear, but often time they are correct. So listen to your teachers, and don't be afraid. Move forward, move forward. Just like I said in class, put your chin up. It's not only a ballet position, but in general, that is a position you should have in life. Put your chin up, especially in the difficult situations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wonderful. So we have last question about yeah. the preparing for the career world, um, and then we'll move on to different topics that we have. Mm -hmm. And um, this girl was asking, "What is the difference between a second company and a traineeship?" Traineeship. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a big company. Uh, there's a big difference. The difference is in compensation. Second company, in most cases, you will get some compensation. Either is reimbursement for a couple pair of porn shoes a month, or a living stipend. They will put it that way: a living stipend. The second company, you you will have a, a monetary compensation for your work because. It is um, considered a part of company. You are、uh, you are required to either take company classes or have your own classes, and you are also required to perform in various、uh, more of outreach pro,、uh, performances, and、uh, also. I pretty much guarantee you that you will have your own show, but at the same time. You would have to perform, not have to. You have the opportunity to perform with the main company. It's much closer to the main company, so you get compensated somehow.、Uh, different company have their rates. Th that's all in the contract. You get actually get a contract for the second company. Traineeship. You still consider a a, a student. It's like a a graduate school. It's like a fellowship in university. Right. Sometimes you have your tuition、uh, slate, somewhat percentage of it to compensate you to dance in the company, or when you're on tour, they compensate some some meal for money for traveling, what have you. But you are obligated to pay the tuition. So they might give you scholarship. They might take away that tuition in in exchange for you to teach in school for the little babies. Somewhat, but on paper, you are obligated to pay the tuition. So that's a big difference between a second company 
and a traineeship. Does that make sense? Okay, that's perfect. Yeah. And then, um, so thank you so much for all yeah. the career related. No, it's no problem. I hope that helps a lot of you. Mm -hmm. um, and also, yes, moving on to different topic. This is about an injury. Um, so this girl looks like she had a long lasting injury and he, she's currently kind of recovering it. Um, so she's asking, how can you better yourself when you have a long lasting injury? Without, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physical therapist, any like that. But I have witnessed many dancers in my career to deal with injuries. It's surrounding you everywhere. As a teacher, I see students have injuries in, in, in ballet profession. If, 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 I often tell the students, don't be discouraged, don't be upset or, or depressed. It is a part of our business. You have to learn how to deal with it. Just like you learn Tong Lu and Fong exactly the same thing, how to deal with the injury. The long last injury this lady is talking about. Now, my first intuition, why is long lasting? You have to put the focus on the word long lasting. I think, I predict, she was never fully recovered from the original injury. She went back to work to class too soon. So the secondary injury become chronic. So let's say you have an ankle, have a tendonitis, okay? So instead of for this tendonitis, for this information to completely go away, for your body to completely heal itself, the day when she, the student feel a little bit better, I don't feel pain anymore today. That have many reasons that might have the temperature, the, the, uh, the, the pressure the air, or you iced the night before, or you took out of you the night before. Many reasons to contribute that sensation or oh, maybe you believed, you like to believe that your ankle is fine, it's recovered because dancers have very strong mental capacity. You tell yourself, I'm fine, I have no problem with my ankle. Many different reasons against what doctors order, against what your physical therapist told you. You went to work, full on point, everything, five hours. That does more damage to that unhealed wound than the original injury. So, especially for the students, you have to be very careful. You have to be very patient in nurse the injury to be 100% healed. In my opinion, give yourself another week of absolutely no pain, absolutely no aggravation, no swelling, nothing. The sensation of pain and the visual, look at it, the swelling, it is your body produced those signs for you to stay away from that particular area. You have to understand that. So you have to understand why the body feel the pain. Why body produced the liquid, the fluid to that particular area. It's, why is that? It's a prevent infection. There's a reason for it. There's some there's problems with that particular area in your foot. So when those sensations still there, even a little bit, you have to stay away working that area. 
Because we as a dancers, we always believe we have to show up every day. We have to show up. We have to please ourselves. We have to do the beautiful leg. We have to do the turn. If when we do that in the morning, um, I was on my leg. I danced no pain. I, somehow life is beautiful. That's who we are. We're conditioned to think that way. If there's a little hesitation, if there's a little bit pain, if there's a little bit of, we try to ignore that. We try to say, you know what, that's gonna go away. If as long as I can do a beautiful triple period, as long as I can do a beautiful solo shot, my legs up here, I'm fine. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good trade. It's not. Oftentimes, that problem becomes chronic. It becomes a thing that you have to deal with for months to come. Instead, give yourself an extra five days, three days, five days. Let it complete to be healed. Door shut, case closed. Now you can move forward. To me, that's a good trade. For me to have not to deal with that pain, not to deal with that problem, if I just take three to five more days, complete away, not tested, not be on point. Let me see, let me do some remedy. Let me see what happens. Don't do it. Yeah, that's a discipline. That's a patience. That's a profession. That's a part of the professionalism that you must have. So for that, I saw that question last night. That long lasting thing, it is from a original injury was never properly dealt with. You keep aggravated and keep aggravated and somehow that original diagnose becomes something else because your body started to uh, compensate not to put weight on that foot or uh, shifting your weight to the other and cause other issues. So we have to be absolutely professional about our injuries. That's from personal experience. I twist my ankle. Just every dancer will have that. And I went on stage, performed. And I know when I was dancing on stage, I knew I should not have done that. Just because that kind of pain I experienced when I was just even walking around. My heart, my mind told me I should not be doing that. But my heart told me otherwise. I went on stage, full performance, and I had, I had to be out for three weeks. That's reality. So if I didn't do that performance, which is for a dancer, it's like an unthinkable thing to do. Don't perform. This is my role. I don't perform. So that was my experience. I had to do it. Of course I have to do it. But at what price you pay? I paid a big price, right? So if you against the sensation of pain, at one point, you will lose. You understand? Mental power or not, at one point you will lose the fight. Because when the pain reaches a certain degree, it's, it's overpowering, it's overwhelming. 
So I encourage you to be professional, to be patient, and um, to consult professional um, consultation, doctors, and have that problem to be dealt with 100%, 100%. If you have to be in a cast, be in a cast. If you have to be in ice bath, be in ice bath. Okay, it's it's a difficult to do, difficult thing to do. Okay, I I hope it helps. Thanks. Okay, great. Um, so this is, <laughs> I think uh, she's very serious, but it's also harder to to let me go to professional ballet school. So it looks like uh, her parents are not letting her go outside her house, like outside her state to go to school. So what is your little tip? Josh, go back a little bit because I lost you for a second. Okay, sure. So the question was how to convince your parents uh, mm -hmm. to let me go to professional ballet school, like Care of Academy or SAB. I am a parent also of um, two girls and uh, they are currently taking ballet classes in a very good ballet school. Um, but of course, it's just for fun, right? It's, it's for fun. Um, it's, it's for something that I think it's very important uh, in supplemental educations in, a, in, in, in children, artistic enrichment, artistic stimulation, and learn the discipline and to be graceful and uh, musicality, physicality, all that beautiful aspect of learning classical ballet. So as a parent, as, as parents, there is a, a threshold, there's transformation from that moment they wanted you to just learn a dance for a little girl, a beautiful thing to do and put on tutu, dance on stage and, and listen to beautiful music and some, somehow you have a nice body and, and, um, and just beautiful everything. To one day you said, I wanna do this for a living. <laughs> you have to understand that even me as a dance profession, one of these days, my girls come to me and that is going to be a serious conversation we're going to have, right? So I have the ability to see whether my girls actually will make it or not, but your parents don't have that kind of ability to determine whether you are good enough to make it in professional world or not. So don't be discouraged when the first time when you brought, bring up this idea, says, says his dad, I needed to move out of here, your home. I needed to move out of home. I need to go to dormitory. I need to go to a, a professional ballet school. And, um, and I want to do this for a living. So you have to give your parents a moment to digest the idea, right? So they need to see they're entitled to see the proof, the fact that you can make it. And don't be upset when they are looking for the evidence. Right? There will be a moment 
they see, you know what? She's really got something. That is going to be the proof, the approval you received from other people, other than your own teacher. The acceptance from that particular school wants to accepting you. All this little information is going to help to make up your parents' mind, to supporting you in every way to fulfill your dreams, right? So you cannot just tell your parents, you know what? I need to go to that professional school and it, you know, you have to support me. Your parents need a little time. I will have little, need a little time. If my daughter come to me asking me that, I was like, I, I'm gonna have to something to, I will have something to say about that decision because parents wanna look further out uh, in your life. That's their job, right? Their, their job is not saying yes to every request that you make. Their job is helping you to find the best choices. It's parenting, it's parents' job. So your job is convince them that this is in fact the path for you. This is your passion, not because you saw a great performance, you saw a, a, a star on Instagram that you wanted to be that. And that is not something you're gonna show your parents. You show your parents the approval from other schools. You show your parents the beautiful performance you have done. You show your parents the diligence, the discipline, the focus, the commitment that you have every day and day after day, in pursuit of your dream, they need to see that commitment in you, not just one week, not a month, but many months of hard work. Then they will be convinced. Then they will know that, okay, this is going to be a part of her life and we are going to support that. So what parents don't want to see is you know, I don't know your situation at this at the moment. Maybe you have done what I just said, but I think they needed to be convinced. They need to be educated. They need to be convinced in order for them to verbally in the, or have a posture of supporting you. So, because it is serious. It is serious. It's a lifelong path. Yeah, it is not something that, of course you can say, you know what, I tried. Maybe it doesn't work, I do something else. Yes, of course you can do that because that's all a part of Explore that I was just talking about. But making ballet dance, dancer, to be a ballet dancer as your lifelong career, it is a commitment. It is a decision you have to make. I always tell my students, you have this, this threshold right here. Before this threshold, before this line, you just for fun, it's okay. You take class, it, it, it's okay, this is just supplemental, this is for fun, this is a, a something extra for you to be a better banker, better lawyer, better this and everything else. But when you pass the threshold of, you know what, I wanted to do this for a living. That is a serious decision you have to make, either whether you're going to be in a position for a year or 20 years, like what I have been. 
needs a commitment. Because when you make that commitment, it, it, it is endless, endless amount of work, absolutely endless amount of work. So, yeah, help your parents understand. Okay, so this help them to understand this is not your hobby. This is not a fad. This is not something that emotional. This is you have done your homework. You have done your research. This is a decision you made. And you are asking their support. And they need to see evidence. They cannot just hear what you're saying. They need to see evidence. Believe me, your parents are observers. They're watching. They're watching you. They may not have the experience of a, a, a ballet dancer, but they have the experience of wherever, whatever they have done in their own life, in their career. Guess what? It's transferable. Yeah, if they're successful in anything. The idea of work ethic, the idea of persistence, the idea of perseverance is the same in any profession. It's the same because if you want to do anything good in anything, it's good or hard work. There's no, I hope I can tell you there is a shortcut. There's no. So if your parents see you work hard, have the same commitment that they have in their own career, they'll be convinced because they will find the similarities. But until then, continue work. Yeah? Thank awesome. you. Awesome advice. Thank you so much. Um, so we have a last question about you know career or something like this in this, this realm, and then we're, we're gonna move on to the technical questions. Sure. Okay, so um, this is an Instagram follower and she's asking, will having a dance diploma help with my career and teaching? Diploma is an interesting concept. Um, I have to say, in teaching, yes. In dancing, not so much. In teaching, that's your credential. Yeah, if you have a teaching teacher certificate, perhaps, uh, if you have complete, let's say, uh, a course from university to be a teacher, if you have completely uh, a course in, your, in, in any educational institution to allow you to teach, to be a teacher, that's your credential. Um, and you have the absolute top credential from the pedagogy department of beautiful schools. Those are not just piece of paper, those are validation of your education. That piece of paper is very difficult to obtain. Vaganova Academy has a teacher pedagogy diploma. Six years, brutal. This is the people who has graduated from that school, who has danced all over the world, it doesn't matter. This is the people already teachers, the directors, but in order to get that diploma, the pedagogy certificate, teacher certificate for Vaganov Academy in St. Petersburg, Russia, six years, no joke. 
But that six years allows you to teach dance. That's the, their thinking. That's their. That's how much to regard as if you want to teach ballet in all way. Six years of education, more than eight years of、um, learn how to be a dancer. Big difference when you you're a dancer and you teach two very different ideas. Absolutely, I've seen. I've seen some beautiful dancers, beautiful, absolutely beautiful teacher, so so. But I also see some okay dancer, good dancers, not sensational, but fantastic, fantastic teachers. This is your DNA. This is your makeup. Some people just more intuitive with teaching. They feel like you know what? I'm better to deliver the idea than doing it myself. And that teaching, that education will provide you the idea—not just how to teach in Tongdus, but psychologically how to detect, how to communicate with the students, how to solving problems. Instead of teaching, telling students what to do, instead of that idea, how do you learn to stimulate? The dancers, students' own intuition, their own ability to fix their own problem, how to change their mind when things are not going well. This is all a part of education that you will learn from the years that you're going to spend in learning to become a teacher. So that diploma weighs a lot, in my opinion. But as a dancer, you don't just go to a company and say, "Here's my diploma." They don't take that. They want to see how you dance. You see, for us, for for ballet company, want to see. They don't. We don't really care whether you have a, a diploma or not. Some of the best dancers are trained by their parents at home. Yeah. So, yes, big difference. Diploma for teacher, absolutely valuable. But for dancer, not so much. I'm just being very honest, and I think this show should be like that to talk, to talk very factual things.、Um, so, I, I, people can absolutely, absolutely disagree with what I said, and that's perfectly fine with me. Good? Yes, thank you so much.、Mm -hmm. And uh, next, uh, we will go through the technique questions. I think due、yeah. to time limits,、uh, we can go through this a little bit quicker, but more, you know, as you do, very concise and direct.、Mm -hmm. so. And that will help them out、uh, a lot. So, first question is,、uh, how do you develop more expressions in Portobras? Very good question. Portobras. Is ballet. Ballet is portable, and that to me, your upper body, the quality upper body, it is somewhat lost in today's 
um, I think a ballet did go through different phases in its development, but we are in the phase of extreme high legs, many, many turns, beautiful tricks that you don't even have a name for. And that's all beautiful. That's innovation. That's absolutely beautiful. But if you look at, let's say, symphony, let's say something Beethoven wrote in 17th and 18th century, in 17th century, the music was written that time. We don't get to manipulate them today, do we? No, we don't. Orchestra can play, conductor have different style. Conductor have a different uh, interpretation of those music, but the conductor does not have the rights to change the notes, to change how music is written. But ballet somewhat took a very different route. We sort of took a route to some people are irrecognizable to some people. But I am somewhat a traditionalist. I believe there's certain component in ballet has to be preserved religiously. It has to be there. You can do everything else, but the identity of the classical ballet has to be preserved and has to be talked about and has to be in everyday classes. One of them is Port de Bras. So to me, Port de Bras is much more than just a position. It is not a position. More than that, it is a position in movement from one position to the other. It's a movement. But that movement, it's not just the path of your arm. It's the feeling, think, think again, it's a feeling. Portobello is to be felt from here. I'm not being philosophical. I'm not trying to say from your heart, as long as I'm dreaming about or thinking about a Portobello heart, but no. I'm pointing here is that's the area where Portobello starts. That's where the Portobello starts. You know, ironically, it's area of the heart. You have to know the positions of the arms and head first, in order in order to feel the portebra, because portebra is from one position to the other. One of the big concept about portebra is Epromont. We talked about in yesterday's class. Where's Epromont? It's a, it's a neck, neck right here. But that is not Epromont in ballet. It is not a body part, name of a body part. It's generalized an area of expression. To me, it's chin below this triangle right here from one shoulder to the other, this beautiful area right here, your neck and shoulder and your chin. So it's not just the neck, it's your chin 
in its relation with your shoulder. You see? It's relationship between your chin and your shoulder. That's manifested itself, this movement, in the perhaps at the neck area is the result of moving your chin and your shoulders. Improvement. So talk about things cannot left behind when you have a leg up here, when you start doing 15 turns, is a port de bras and the idea of Improvement. That is heart and soul of ballet. So in Voganova method, I've talked about yesterday. What is differentiate this method, this pedagogy, this methodology with others? To me, one thing, put a bra. That's it. Put a bra. And plie. Yes, and plie. But to me, most important is put a bra. That needs to be studied for many years. That needs to be felt. That needs to be taught beautifully. And it has to be, teacher has to be on it all the, all the time. All the time in order for that feeling to come out naturally and correctly. You cannot just move, start moving your head and shoulder color everyone, no. We have a specific position for your head, for your shoulders. Yeah? So, does it make sense or not? Yes, I hope it does. I hope it no, does. No, no. I hope it does. It has to be there. Otherwise, it's not ballet, guys. Okay, difference between ballet and other dance is rotation and improvement. Okay, great. Okay. Yes. Next question. Um, I always find myself finishing my turns with a hop before I land. Any tips? Tips very simple. Don't do it. Don't do it. Tell yourself, I will not do it. See what happens. Instead of habit, that's a habit. That little hop is habit. Because oftentimes you're perfectly on. You don't need it to have it. Just like sometimes people scratch their chin when they're nervous or something, you know, but for me, like in class, for me to get in fifth position, there's things I have to do to get in the fifth. It's habit. My wife was like, why do you have to do that? It takes you like 10 seconds to get in fifth position. I don't even know what I'm doing. I, I have to do it in order for me to get to fifth. It's a habit. So that little hop, 100% of the time, you don't need it. Even when you do, you kept your passing and you hop you hop on demi Don't hop down to flat or plie. If you have to hop, hop on demi and stop hopping on demi in passive position. 
That's the step before you get rid of the hop altogether. Right, first of all, just tell yourself, instead of hopping, put your pass higher and dig your supporting leg down. Only happen once or two times. You don't have, you'll be like, oh, that felt a lot better. I didn't have to do it. Just trust me, don't do it. You're not going to fall. You're not going to fall, believe me. They're perfectly straight. Because if you're like in 45 degrees, a hop is not gonna save you anyway. Yeah? So that's a habit. You don't have to have it. Therefore, don't do it. Don't hop. Without looking at your turns, that's my advice giving you. And I think I think it helps. It's in your head. Yeah? Okay, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay, another question is, this is from an adult dancer, um, so adult ballet dancer. Uh, tips for clicky hips in dancers and how to not grip your hip flexors. Uh, how to feel the right muscles for turnout? I think these are connected questions. Yeah. First of all, I love all adult community. Adults, um, they are the ballet supporters. They are the people goes in to pay for the lessons, keep the studio going. There are the people go to the theater, paying $100 to see a performance. They are the backbone of all industry. And, um, and I, I love all adult students. And um, so back to that question. And I think especially for adult students, the warm-up before class, that stretch before class is critical for you. So we know sometimes it's hard, you know, when we are running from office and, and, and road, goes into the, in a classroom and start taking class because we come from somewhere else, either in a car, in a subway, what have you. And if you are in office, you're sitting in this position for a long time. So that's a hip right here. The sitting, it is not perfect position for a body. And I think every um, physician would tell you that. So do everything you can to warm up before the class starts. I think that will help a lot, especially with the hip uh, situation issues that you just mentioned. Make sure your hip flexor is a stretched and warmed. Not just, don't just do stretching. You have to warm them from repetition of the exercises. Make sure your body is all function in the way that they are ready for ballet exercises. And a move, warm up your body gradually. In the first position, the warm up combination or the plie is very important. Feel your rotation, little bit at a time. Don't force your way to turn out, don't force your knee to open, don't force your hips to open. Give yourself a little time to meet the expectations of the teachers. 
So for all adult students, your expectation is a little bit different for professional students or professional dancers. As a teacher, we look at you, we could agree, I believe how you teach adult classes should be exactly like how you teach in a regular ballet classes. But how you take that class, you have to take in consideration. Because those dancers you're taking class with, they take class every single day. Let's say Steps in New York, wonderful, absolutely amazing institution. You might take them a bar next to a superstar. It's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, adult students taking, taking a, a, a bar with a, a dancer is going to premiere at the Met that night. Absolutely beautiful. But expectation a little bit different. So advice for you to you is don't be impatient. You those muscle group, it takes little time for you to feel, especially rotation. Yeah, you have to warm up first before to take the ballet class. Do everything you could, even just five minutes, some cardio, some stretching uh, combinations, positions on the bar, on the floor. Maybe some supplemental uh, exercise you can do. Some, something like a yoga, something uh, like, a, like a cardio uh, class. One day, ballet class next. You alternate like this. Create a composition of classes for yourself. Um, I, I hope that, help, that, that helps. And again, you know, this is not a medical advice. That's just advice as from as a teacher. Okay. Thank, you. thank you very much for your support. Uh, so next question is from a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, this is Heather. Um, how do I teach my students that ballet and turnout passe turns are just as important to learn as parallel prep for other styles and stop them from turning from jazz position versus a uh, turnout? Does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it, it is. Um, it is interesting, a very, very uh, practical question. Um, I think sometimes ballet teachers and then jazz teachers are in somewhat a, I don't want to say competing, but in somewhat a, sometimes it's, unintended conflict. I don't think it's manufactured. And I think it is just because what Heather just mentioned, if that child is learned to turn in a parallel, like a, like a ball change, like, like, a, like a parallel turn, if that child have that, learned that preparation for a jazz turn, complete rotate in and uh, on our flat feet, sort of kind of, turn and then rotate it like this. If that child learned that turn in jazz class, and she did like three or four, and then come to your ballet class, you teach them a proper ballet position, and you insist on the position and uh, 
the elements that is required in all business. The child does half, all one, inadequately and a little off. Of course, she's going to be like, why can't I just do this? I can do five like this. That's a challenge of, of a ballet teacher, I have to say. Ballet has a, a very different objectives. The objectives of proper form is very important for us it's in the, a young, lower level. It takes a lot of patience to drill the idea into a student. It, it takes certain, only certain students have the patience to understand, to absorb your idea. So oftentimes, the, the journey itself, every now and then, there's a, a little successful story, a successful turn that is going to eject a nutrient into the student. The student, oh, I felt it. I felt beautiful. We all know very well, even if you do double period in passe, beautiful floating turn, and I finish the passe, that sensation is going to live in her mind forever. We all know that. So for us ballet teachers, the challenge is how to create that kind of success for the student. So we, what we have to do is give a correct, clear information from day one. From the very beginning, we introduce a term. You have already done many prep work in order for you to say to the child, now get up and turn. You have done many plie passe, plie releve. All this placement you have on the bar will already be there for that child, for her to do that turn when you say, now try double. Before you say that, you should have done everything else for months, not even years, of preparation. So when she goes up there, she has a pretty good chance to succeed. It's our job to create that path for her to create a successful story. And a ballet can do it because ballet is structured. Every year, we have different objectives for what age level. You're never asking for an eight, 10-year-old, put your point shoes on, so do 40 turns. No, there's a four years, there's a five years of preparation, mental, physical preparation in order for that child to do that. So our job is creating a proper structured foundation. So when they are ready to do the double period on point, they're successful. It's just like the temperature boiling the water. When the temperature is hot enough, water boils. So it's not going to be like shooting dots like blind, a hit and miss situation. It's not. 
it's methodical, it's calm. It, it, it is not a taking chance situation. But the boys double tour is the exact same thing. And a few days ago, there was an audience asking how to help my student to do the double tour. You don't, ex you don't introduce the double tour says go up the 22 times, come down. No, there's many things have to be installed already for that. You start with quarter turn. You start with half turn. You start with a single. You might start with just a just a big changement to feel the air and the good old muscle building in your thigh that you actually can push off from the floor high enough, give you enough elevation to turn a couple times, come down. And that is not something you just tell the students and they will do it. So, but that's different. But for like jazz, I believe, I believe they have another way of doing teaching technique. They have another way doing it that somehow it's quicker. Somehow for the students to do something. Uh, I mean, jazz teacher out there might killing me right now. I mean, they might just completely disagree, but I'm sorry. As a ballet teacher, that's my knowledge. It's it's easier for them to just go for it. So for us, it's different type of dance, unfortunately. It's, it's, it, has, it takes a little bit more time. It takes a little bit more time in preparation, in, in character building, strength building, and understanding of things that takes a little longer to complete. Does that make sense or not? I hope so. Okay. Thank you so much, Mr. Du. Um, yeah. I think that will end the show today. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure we didn't go over all the questions that we had, but we will continue on our next show. Yeah. Uh, thank you all the audiences who stuck out with us <laughs> until now. And thank you, Patricia. You're, you're still here. Um, and uh, we'll see you again next time. And uh, yeah, if you want to leave another questions, uh, all the audiences in Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, please leave a comment. Uh, we will prioritize uh, the people who want to show their faces on the show first. Yeah. But we have an option for you to just comment or just show your voice only. So yeah. we'll uh, work on that too. I, I wanted to add uh, in yeah. this show, there's no, it's a, it's a forum, it's a discussion, yeah. it's exchange. There's no judgment. Yeah. So mm -hmm. don't be afraid. There is no judgment in this. We do enough judgment in ballet classes. <laughs> That's all we do is judge, yeah. unfortunately. But in this particular time between us, it's just very frank conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you in my best ability. Yeah, I think it's very okay. important because everyone has some questions in their mind, but it's, they're sometimes scared to ask. And I Don't hope this, be. yeah. I hope this environment will be a good opening space for them to yes. talk about. You're not asking a, a political question or a yeah. question involving country diplomacy. This is the ballet. You mm -hmm. know, how bad can it be? Yes. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. And uh, everyone have Thank a good you, day. Josh. Have a good evening. And see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for watching the show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed what you saw, 
please continue to join us every Thursday at 10.30 a.m. And we'll have exciting people to be on the show share their stories. If you are interested in Kiev Academy, want to know more of what we do, please go to kiofacademydc.org. Thank you so much.